0: Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty, an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. I'm your host, Paula Thomas, and if you work in loyalty marketing, join me every week to learn the latest ideas from loyalty specialists around the world. So, Sanjeev Ninchani is a loyalty marketing professional and has a fantastic professional background spanning almost 20 years across both retail and loyalty marketing, uh, with the last eight years dedicated to driving loyalty performance for various brands. So, Sanjeev is living and working in India and has obviously also worked for some global loyalty brands. So, he really, for me, uh, perfectly fits the intention of the show to capture truly global insights on loyalty marketing. Sanjeev holds an MBA in marketing and strategy, and his loyalty credentials include responsibilities for the loyalty partnerships of what was at the time the world's largest loyalty program called Freedom Rewards, which basically caters for over 110 million debit card holders for the State Bank of India. So I can't wait to hear all about that program. Um, He has also had a successful role as a director for AMIA in India. So obviously, AMIA is well known as one of the world's largest marketing and loyalty analytics firms. And now for the last two and a half years, he has been working as head of loyalty for the retail men's fashion division of an Indian conglomerate called Raymond Limited, which was founded in 1925 and is now a publicly traded company. So now I have to confess, I had never heard of Raymond Stores until they actually won the award for the best loyalty program in the Middle East, Africa, and Asia. And that was two years ago at the Loyalty Magazine Awards in the UK. And I saw the team speaking about their achievements at the Loyalty Conference as well. So I was completely blown away by their story. And therefore, I'm super happy to have Sanjeev. Sanjeev is one of my first guests on the show. So Sanjeev, welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty.
1: Hi, Paula. Thank you so much for having me on the show.
0: Fantastic. So I'd like to start each show, Sanjeev, with one great statistic about loyalty marketing. What would be your favorite statistic about our industry?
1: Uh, so Paula, what, what excited me about the field was that, considering when I was working at AMIA, uh Amia at the time had Nectar as well as Group Aeroplan. Uh, both programs were really, really large in their own right. And from what I heard at Amia was that, Uh, almost three out of every four households in both Canada and Nectar were part of the program. So the sheer size of uh, the reach as well as engagement from consumers was what was very exciting for me.
0: Wow. My goodness. Yeah. But I mean, that's extraordinary. Three out of four. So talk about direct impact on consumers' lives. I mean, that's really incredible. And you had all the access to the the data and analytics that went behind all of that. So, yeah. Um, in fact, one of the reasons I, I think that uh, I like to work in loyalty is because it's very commercial. And that sounds like something that appeals to you as well. Is, is that fair to say?
1: Absolutely. So, uh, in all the in all the programs that I've worked at, I think I've always enjoyed the part where it's been B two C directly. Uh, I haven't run too many B two B loyalty programs. So, the ability to influence the end customer uh, has always been a large part of what I've always tried to do.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. So um, that's really um, exciting as I suppose a mindset. And I'm really obviously here to talk mainly about your current role. But as I mentioned, you did amazing work with the State Bank of India. So I can't imagine the responsibility of uh, negotiating uh, propositions and partnerships for, for such a huge database. So will you tell us a bit about your work with the State Bank of India?
1: Sure. Uh, like you said, uh, it's 110 million consumer consumer base. Um, the sheer volume of transactions that we had to process was something that was unheard of in the Indian context, at least. Um, when we set out to roll out the program, we 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 knew we wouldn't make too much money from the from the bank because it was a public sector undertaking. Okay. Uh, we knew we had to build a revenue model. So what we did was we created a partner network and uh, what this partner network allowed us to do was to incentivize state bank of india card holders to earn accelerated rewards at these merchants and the merchants would pay for these points on accrual uh, wow. so that set up an entire revenue stream for us wow. and uh, i think what you have to understand is that in the indian context state bank of india is seen as uh, is, is is actually honestly revered um, wow. <laughs> the state <laughs> the status Oh, absolutely. The status it occupies in the Indian context is is unparalleled. Okay. Uh, there, there were merchants willing to be a part of the program only if their logo would, would appear besides the State Bank of India logo. Wow. Uh, and these were guys who were really large in their own right. Uh, of course. So initially, honestly, it was really easy for us to set up these partnerships because of the fact that it was State Bank of India in the, in the back. Uh, so... When I joined Loyalty Rewards, we had about 60 partners. When I left them, we had about 350 partners. Wow. Um, which set up both a revenue stream for the company, as well as from a customer perspective, uh, an avenue to earn accelerated rewards across a whole bunch of partner brands that covered spends across their entire uh, monthly life cycle.
0: Wow, of course. So almost like an instant coalition program from the way you describe it.
1: Absolutely. That's exactly what it was.
0: Wow, fantastic. And it, it is also interesting to me that, um, you know, if there is such a, a revered brand association, and I always love that idea of like a halo effect between two partners, it, it sounds like you could have just gone for a simple media model and just charge those partners just to be present. But instead, you chose a, a performance related relationship. So that sounds like a very clever idea and uh, very strategic as well. So you you ever tempted just to say oh look you know we'll just pay you know just charge you to, to be in there or was it always just important to drive behavior?
1: Uh, we initially thought of a model where we just charge the brands to be a part of uh, the entire portfolio where you don't earn accelerated rewards. Yeah. However we realized that that effect would have been only temporary. Uh, that'd be brands would associate with you for let's say a couple of months, three months or four months and then decide to move on okay um so instead we tried this whole uh, variable engagement model where we said that every time we drive a transaction due is when you pay us uh, so that worked that worked with the large brands uh, the smaller brands who initially were circumspect about coming on on board uh, yeah. then then realized that look we're only paying on performance so it made I sense guess. for them to join so wow. we did we did have a we did have a very large long tail uh, but again the okay. long tail was didn't require too much investment in terms of service and uh, it, sort of, it, it sort of assured us a tiny amount of revenue coming to us without too much of uh, engagement with them.
0: Okay, okay. And, and services is a good point, actually, as well, Sanjeev, because I've negotiated partnerships like this myself um, in the Irish market, and it can be very time consuming. Did you handle all of these merchant negotiations directly from your team, or did you work with marketing agencies, or how did the even introduction and sales process work?
1: So, uh, loyalty rewards started off as a as a really small company. It was a three member team that actually went and pitched for the State Bank of India program. Okay. Uh, the entire business model was sort of created overnight after they after they won the pitch. Uh, so, <laughs> it, panic. <laughs> absolutely, uh, and that's when they went and set up a team. So, when I joined Loyalty Rewards, we were about fifty people strong, uh, okay. and these fifty people was basically a two member team that went out and created these partnerships. They created these partnerships initially by, uh, you know, looking at the total spend of State Bank of India debit cards and then reaching out to the top merchants. Okay. Um, However, over time, what happened was that we realized that we needed a much much wider bandwidth to be able to reach the number of consumers, the number of merchants we want to reach. And we ended up having a team and we spread the team across the country. So that two-member team eventually became a 30-member team. The fifty-member team that I joined Loyalty Rewards has, I think, when I left, we were about three hundred and sixty people strong.
0: Oh my goodness! Very yeah, exciting. So,
1: yeah. yeah, absolutely, it was
0: wonderful. Great. Well, well, that's an amazing background. Um, I know you went into Amia then. So, tell us a bit about your work with them.
1: Uh, so, I, I joined Amia with the intent of relaunching one of India's uh, largest and oldest loyalty programs, which was the, which was the Taj Hotels. Uh, now the Taj when they had launched when they had launched their program, uh, launched it in a context where they were probably actually not probably they definitely were the largest hospitality company in India. Mm-hmm. Um, about 10 years later, what happened was the Marriotts and the SPGs of the world came back into India and uh, the, the, the context changed completely and the context changed from a bunch of perspectives. One was the Indian consumer was now a lot more mobile and therefore was traveling out of the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, with international properties present in India, the loyalty programs of those properties became a lot more valuable to that customer because Taj, while it does have some presence across the world, is not as present as a Marriott or an SPG. Okay. Uh, which is why we had to change the loyalty program to make it far more relevant to the Indian consumer mm-hmm. as well as slightly relevant to an international consumer traveling to India. Mm. Uh, so we did two things. Um one was we decided that we wanted to ring fence our most valuable members. So what we did was, uh, at the outset, we made we made the earn proposition much more valuable. So from an okay. earn perspective, that program is probably the most valuable in the country. It's not just the country; probably the world today. I don't think uh-huh. you earn you don't earn uh, higher at the top tier across any other program than you do at the Taj. Okay. Yeah, so what we did was we created partnerships with hotels that were very strong regionally, but not strong internationally. So we actually had a partnership with Shangri-La where a Shangri-La member could earn Taj loyalty points in the same currency as the Shangri-La loyalty points. Okay. Uh, so that's what we. these two things were what we tried to do. And then finally, we created this whole aspect of experiences. Um, now what the Taj does is that they have unique experiences across each one of their properties. Now, -hmm. these experiences actually cost you a pretty penny. For Mm -hmm. Signature tier members, which is the top tier, we actually uh, bundled 13 of these experiences into an envelope that would go to him every time he reached Signature. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was entitled to encash any two of them completely uh, completely free. Um, And what happened was... We saw, we saw usage of these experiences not only increase, but basis referrals. It actually wow. drove these experiences up to be used by not just the top-tier members, but also by lower-tier members.
0: Wow. Okay, so... so- amazing advocacy and adoption um, but also, I suppose, back to the same wording almost, it's it's a halo effect, so um, experiences I think is really where loyalty is going, I've talked about this with a, a number of people and if you can actually give people a, a wow experience, of course they'll tell their family, of course they'll tell their friends and the next time of course they want to pay for it, so uh, I love that, that was very clever.
1: Thank you, it did very well and continues to do well actually.
0: I'm sure. I'm sure. And again, in the loyalty business, you're never going to go wrong if you really focus on, you know, the most valuable customers every time and really give them a wow experience. So um, particularly like a brand like like Taj, I mean, it is globally renowned. So um, so great work in AMIA. And certainly sounds like it set you up perfectly for, uh, for Raymond Limited. So I guess maybe it would be useful if you introduce the company to our listeners, uh, because I think a lot of people might not be as aware of that brand. So, um, yeah, really keen to hear all about uh, what tempted you into this new job.
1: Sure. So, in fact, what happened was that while I was at AMIA, Raymond was a client for about a year. Uh, I actually ran Taj and I ran Raymond in parallel. Uh, the idea with Raymond was that uh, so Raymond is about 94, 94 years old in the Indian context. Uh, we started off as a uh, as a fabric manufacturer and then a fabric retailer. Okay. Uh, we're still really, really large in the fabric space, uh, where we sell suitings and shirtings, mm-hmm. and uh, we we for a little while now we've also been in the ready-made space. Uh, we're 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 number one by a huge margin in the fabric space, uh, but because the ready-made space is as crowded as it is, uh, mm-hmm. we're still we're still a uh, force to reckon with. Uh, mm-hmm. In total, across the company, we've got about fifteen hundred stores spread across the country, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Uh, the intent is to the intent is now to penetrate into tier four, five and six cities. So that's been our focus over the last year. Okay. Um, Now, because of the number of brands that we carry, we said each brand used to have a loyalty program of its own. So Raymond as a company used to have about four loyalty programs. Okay. Uh, What we felt was that we've internally created a lot of silos Mm -hmm. However, what we wanted to do was combine all the loyalty programs so that, you know, you have the proverbial one view of the customer. Mm. Uh, So from a customer perspective, uh, how it would help them was that they'd be able to earn points across a bunch of brands. They'd be able to burn those points much quicker Mm. um, and they'd be able to move up tiers much more quicker, allowing them a bunch of a bunch of benefits. Okay. that was the customer proposition, and from us internally, we said it will help drive uh, better analytics, better consumer preference behavior, and you know uh, market basket and things like that. Mm. Um, so it is we combine
0: menswear brand. Is it sorry, Sanjeev? It's purely menswear.
1: It has been predominantly for most part of the Raymond Life. Uh, we have we have one particular brand which is Park Avenue, which has a which has a Park Avenue women's wear line. Mm-hmm. Uh, recently, one of our other brands, Parks uh, Parks is has been our uh, sort of youth brand And that brand has only recently launched women
0: mm. Okay
1: uh, But if you ask anyone in India what Raymond stands for Everyone will say it's a menswear apparel company
0: Beautiful. And it sounds like it targets all segments of the market as well. So everything, you know, particularly, as you said, if you're going down in terms of tier four, five and six cities, then it's literally from everyday fashion all the way up to I know it's custom premium tailoring as well.
1: Absolutely. So the Raymond Life stage starts off at Parks, which is what I just mentioned, uh, where we cater to the youth. Uh, Okay, lovely. We then have we'd ideally like these customers to then migrate to Park Avenue which is uh, which is business formals however in Park Avenue what we've done is we've diversified recently and we've got three lines over there which is work play and celebrate uh, so so these three sort of cover uh, what we what we ideally like to believe the 30 to 40 year old uh, okay. across across his occasion okay Uh we then like a customer to graduate into Raymond as a brand itself. Uh, and the parent brand basically has a bunch of offerings and the, the, the base offering starts off at the fabric itself where we're expecting people to tailor their product. Uh, now when you go to a store, you'd see the Raymond fabric and you'd combine that with what we call Raymond custom tailoring Lovely. to end up to end with an end product,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: which is a shirt or a trouser or a suit or a jacket. Mm-hmm. Now, for those who don't want tailoring, we have something which is called Raymond Ready-to-Wear, which is basically Raymond fabric that has been converted into standard sizes.
0: Beautiful. Got it. On, okay.
1: Again, in parallel, we've got Colorplus, which is a premium uh, casual wear brand. Okay. And on top of all of this, we've got something called Raymond Make-to-Measure, which, mm-hmm. is, uh, which is basically a service that assures you an end product where you pick the fabric. You're then given a bunch of try-ons. Mm-hmm. Uh, your fabric is then machine cut, uh, and then delivered to you at home once it is finished. So the, the advantage of Raymond make the measure is that it's almost always first time, right? There's no continuous back and forth with the tailor for alteration and things like that. Okay. And, okay. Uh, recently we've launched a new initiative, which is uh, Raymond Khadi, where uh, we've taken India's iconic fabric, which is, which is Khadi, which was popularized by Mahatma Gandhi. And we've sort of take we've tried to take it mainstream, but because of uh, because of issues with uh, production, I don't mean issues. What I mean is actually there are constraints to production because it has okay. to be it has it has to come from the weaver community. Um,
0: gotcha! Wow. Okay, so it's got a cultural uh, origin as well.
1: Absolutely. So uh, that brand actually does really, really well at the international airport. We've got a store over there and uh, people who fly out at the airport really appreciate the product. They appreciate the history behind it. Uh, mm. So Khadi is, is is doing pretty well for us.
0: Wow. Beautiful. Yeah. And it's not often, I suppose, that that you really get an insight into a, a fashion brand having such a strong cultural heritage. So it almost sounds like every man in India is, is your target customer and uh, you seem to be servicing most of them. <laughs>
1: Absolutely we'd really like to.
0: Brilliant. So uh, you you mentioned there were four loyalty programs along the way and obviously that uh, brought a lot of you know I suppose complexity and I guess potential confusion. So when was the decision made to combine them into the one program and tell us about that process?
1: So in 2016 the management at Raymond said that they wanted to migrate all programs into one which is why AMIA was hired. Okay. Uh, so at AMIA, we presented the blueprint for combining all of these programs. And, uh, while I was at AMIA, I was asked by the person I would coordinate with here if I'd mm-hmm. be interested in moving over. And I said, I would, because while we created the bl- blueprint I'd actually be really interested in actually putting all of it together. Wow. Um, uh, so the largest brand was the brand that we migrated first, which was the remayment shop of which we have about a thousand stores across the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the smaller brands, which was Color Plus, Park Avenue, Parks, those were the ones that moved in later. Okay. Um, with the combining of all of these, we had about we currently have about six and a half million members in the program, and uh, these people actually contribute to about eighty percent of of our business.
0: Wow. Okay. Phenomenal. And I guess, yes, with with the previous uh, siloed programs, you just didn't have insight into exactly how powerful your rewards and contribution and your members were. So that's incredible. Six and a half million and 80%. Wow. Uh, Really uh, changes the business case and changes the discussion at the board table, I guess.
1: Oh, absolutely. In fact, the focus on the program now is so large that uh, almost all businesses have been interested in it. Everyone uses uh, we they use our team as the central repository for both uh, insights for, from a consumer perspective, as well as uh, to be able to plan and plan and schedule targeted campaigns. Where every time you know business is down or business needs a certain push, so we're sort of right in the middle of all of that.
0: Wow. And it's a key point as well, Sanjeev. I know um, again from a consulting perspective, there, there are very often, particularly at the early stages, you know, when a, a company is considering launching loyalty, there's a lot of questions around what kind of returns can be expected. Um, it sounds like Raymond, uh, the management team, already had a very clear vision, and um, you know, the decision to invest was, was already there, and you've been able to prove the results as well commercially. So I love to hear that and again i suppose back to the point we started about loyalty is so measurable um and if you can literally tap into a resource like that at the very outset where business needs it and um, it's incredibly effective as, as a form of marketing
1: uh so actually even more so with us uh, okay. now of the thousand stores that i mentioned a lot of these stores majority 90 percent of these stores are actually run by franchises we own very few of our own stores Okay. When the when this program was launched, we actually went out and told the franchises that they'd have to be they'd actually have to pay to be a part of the program. Now you can imagine the chaos that must have caused. <laughs>
0: um, I do remember that from the conference actually in London, the discussion uh, yes. Tell us about the franchise. How did they respond?
1: Uh, not very well. <laughs> uh, there were there were conversations that went right up to the CEO from the CEO it went up to the CMD. Uh, from the CMD, it came back down to us saying, look, you guys have to do something about it. Okay. Um, so, yes, there was lots of chaos. There was lots of confusion for the first uh, about six, eight months. I remember the day I joined. Uh, the day I joined Raymond, I was told that there is a large meeting with agents and you have to be a part of that meeting. Okay. So I said, look, I've just come on board. I don't know what to say. Uh, but I was told, no, just go and sit so you're able to understand what the whole furore is about. Okay. Um, so in that room was the CEO of the company. Uh, there were about twenty agents, and there was me and my team. So it was it was it was a great first day to get an idea of what the pain points were. Yeah. Uh, however, I think what I think we did was we actually went out and showed them the benefit of running the program. Uh, we looked at an ROI from the amount of money they were spending before we started this consolidated program, and after we start started this consolidated program. Um, and honestly, when the numbers were up, it was impossible for anyone to argue with it. Wow. Now, what we went and told the franchisees was that, look, you'll have to pay to be a part of the program, whether you use the program or not. And therefore, it's in your best interest to use it. Wow. And with data, what came out very, very clearly was that the franchises who were engaging in the program were actually seeing a much higher payoff than franchisees who were not. We yeah. then use this information with franchises who were not engaged in the program, and we try to get them to engage in the program. Okay. So when we started, we had about 60% of franchises who were engaged. As on date, we have about 98% of franchises who were engaged.
0: Brilliant. So that's a B2B relationship, really, I guess, you know. So it's not just managing the direct consumer uh, behaviors and, and rewards. You actually have a full cohort of um, of business owners that uh, are super sensitive and quite rightly, it's their business. And to enforce something like that is incredibly brave. The CEO is obviously a man of great vision. Um, and then you've obviously got the data and analytics background to be able to prove that argument. So so how did you leave that first meeting? Meeting on that day, Sanjeev, did you did you end up leaving uh, with them convinced, or were they just ready to listen?
1: Uh, so, like I said, the person who the, the gentleman who led the meeting was the CEO, and honestly, like you said, his vision has been just has been uh, incredibly helpful in uh, pushing the program forward. Okay. Uh, so he led the meeting. He spoke to the he spoke to the agents. Uh, he showed them the data, and he convinced them that look. Uh, if you want to make an argument, make an argument with the data present in front of you. Okay. Uh, if, if you're making an argument that is contrary to what data is telling us, then please prove your point.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: so that, that meeting went well. However, I wouldn't say that everyone went out convinced. So.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: So, so what we continue modulating. to do... <laughs> absolutely. So I think what we continue to do on an ongoing basis is we continue to publish that very same report, which talks about the ROI of the program. Uh, however, yeah. what happens is that after running the program for a little bit, your ROI starts to drop. Now, initially, while we were showing great ROI over the old program, if I'm showing an ROI two years later of the existing program, that ROI tends to drop. Mm. Uh, however, it is still in, it is still really really positive. And considering what uh, considering the downturn in the Indian economy today, I think from a loyalty perspective, we're still doing pretty well. Okay. Uh, so I think that's what's keeping us going. Uh, a lot a lot of internal businesses also. So like so we're a central function. We're a central function because we cater to, like I said, the suitings and shirting part of the business as well as the ready-made part of the business. Fantastic. Uh so, so we sort of have internal customers and it's always uh, it's always a tussle to be able to keep them happy as well as, you know, uh, be sort of uh, governing what a customer sees at the end of it. Because you don't want to give him too much information that'll confuse him. However, you still want to get the most relevant offer out to him. Of
0: course. yeah. So we've
1: got internal businesses, we've got the franchises, we've got a whole host of internal customers to take care of.
0: Mm. And how big is that team then, Sanjeev, in terms of managing those internal customers?
1: So uh, the CRM team within Raymond is about 12 people. Okay. However, uh, we also have an agency where uh, which, which enables analytics as well as campaigns for us. Mm-hmm. and uh, that team is basis delivery and not a certain number of people
0: okay okay super and then i suppose just from a proposition perspective can you you know talk to us about what are the benefits for members what does raymond rewards offer in terms of um you know the earn and burn proposition
1: sure so um, honestly right now we're, we're a very transactional program Okay. Uh, we've got three tiers to the program and uh, depending on the amount you spend in a year, you di- you move up tiers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not very difficult to move up to the top tier. A top tier is 30,000 rupees in a year uh, which which is about less than $500. Okay. Uh, now, the difference between the tiers is that at the base tier you earn 0.75%. At the middle tier you earn about 1.5% and at top tier you earn about 3%. Okay. Uh, There are the standard uh, benefits, which are benefits during your birthday, benefits during your anniversary. Mm -hmm. Uh, And um, we then have a bunch of benefits for our top tier, where if a customer moves to top tier, he gets a certain benefit, he gets a certain welcome benefit into that tier. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, because we have a bunch of categories at Raymond. We'd like our customers to try all our categories. We have a lot of people who buy only shirts with us. We have a lot of people who buy only trousers with us and don't tend to buy the other category. So we've got one, one benefit, which is shop across five categories and you get bonus points. Nice. So uh, so that we've introduced recently just to try and get customers to try more categories. Mm-hmm. And the one area where we thought we needed a bit of a push because it was it was something that we branched launched recently across all our brands which is accessories. So you earn twice your regular earn rate on accessories.
0: Okay. So, so you're that's second, sort of... Yeah, again, the business driving adoption and again, very clever. Once people start buying their accessories from you, then I suppose that becomes a habit as well. So, you know, you can incentivize in the short term and enjoy a long-term return on that. Absolutely. Wonderful. And you, you made a, a point there, Sanjeev, that it is quite a transactional program. And I know your background, as you said, from the the hotels and hospitality is, is very much around experiences. So are you thinking about experiences in, in the context of Raymond?
1: We are actually. Uh, however, we believe that it may not be necessary to offer experiences to the entire consumer base. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I said, uh, Two of our brands are really premium, which is Raymond Ready to Wear as well as Raymond Made to Measure. Mm -hmm. Um, We've been thinking of for some time now to create a separate, maybe tier or a separate program itself Mm -hmm. where we look at this set of consumers and they're not very large. It's a small consumer set and to be able to offer experiences to this consumer segment. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that is sort of in the works right now.
0: Lovely. Yeah. So, there's an element of exclusivity there, which uh, it sounds like will really tap into those um, consumer needs. Um, so, yes, but it uh, doesn't need to be done at scale. can very much be done in an exclusive way. Absolutely. Wonderful. Um, I'd love to ask you, Sanjeev, about uh, just what kind of KPIs you mentioned. So, six and a half million members—you've already mentioned. Um, what do you measure? Is it—is it the engagement? Is it you know just the, the overall returns over a year? Or what? How do you measure the performance of the program?
1: So, we definitely track uh, our repeat member frequency as well as repeat member spend per month.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that's important to sort of measure the health of every brand. Um, so we've got, we've honestly got brands where our repeat member contribution is actually as high as 80%, which is not great for the brand. Uh, and then we have repeat member contribution as low as about 40% for a brand. Okay. Um, so at an overall program level, we're still well off. But however, when we start to deep dive within each brand, we realize that uh, there exists a wide a wide range. So we're trying to sort of address that issue on an ongoing basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other metrics that we track are obviously, uh, customers basket size as well as the categories the customer is buying from us. Okay. Um, so, you know, very standard to loyalty is get the customer to come more often and get them to buy more. So mm-hmm. these two things are what we honestly try and do on an ongoing basis month on month.
0: Fantastic. And I know what um, a lot of people are talking about as well, Sanjeev, is, you know, starting to look at other behaviors such as, you know, social behavior, for example. Is that something you've thought about in the context of Raymond Rewards?
1: We have, actually. We have a bunch of pilots going on with a lot of startups, uh, all of them who offer us different things in the social space. Mm -hmm. Um, For a very, very long time, we used to communicate to consumers only via SMS. We've recently switched over to going a lot more digital, a lot more social than we ever did. So okay. we're now reaching reaching consumers uh, on Facebook, on Instagram, on LinkedIn, uh, on the Google Display Network. And the reason we started to do this is because uh, the kind of brand that we are, I think, we're a lot more visual, visual than uh, than just transactional. You need yeah. to be able to show the customer uh, designs, styles, fits. Uh, for him to actually truly understand what Raymond is as an offering. Mm. So while uh, while our repeat consumers may actually be aware of what Raymond is and what Raymond has to offer, uh, I think the consumers who flirt with us, which is our one-timers, are people who sort of still need a lot of uh, awareness about Raymond as a brand, Raymond as a proposition, So, which is why we've gone a lot more visual.
0: Wonderful. I like your term there. So I think I'll adopt that one, Sanjeev, into my vocabulary. So flirting, customers who are flirting with you. I think that's hilarious. (laughs) Lovely yeah no absolutely it's a very specific type of behavior and, and one that needs to be uh, to be captured and, and monetized so uh, so that's brilliant um and to your point around uh, going digital i didn't actually even ask you do you issue plastic cards for your loyalty members or is it a is it an app based program or or you know what level of sophistication are you at for tracking
1: uh it's currently a mobile number based program we don't have a card. We used to have a card uh, a long time ago with the earlier program, but then we got rid of it because we realized two things. One is it's a cost, and the second is that a customer doesn't carry it when he walks into the store. He just he just refers to his mobile number. Mm, um, there is no app yet, but the intent is to build one. We've uh, we've sort of designed uh, what we believe our app should have from a features feature set perspective. Uh, we we just have to find the right person to be able to build it. Uh, so that that search is on currently.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. And as we're talking about technology then, um, what platform do you use to manage the entire um, program? Is it the AMIA platform, given where you came from, or did you build one in-house, or how do you manage everything?
1: Uh, No, so it's not the AMIA platform. It's not in-house either. So like I mentioned, we work with an agency. The agency has a proprietary platform and that's the platform that we use.
0: Fantastic. Okay, perfect. So, um, and I guess that's probably being um, evolved and customized to your requirements uh, given the scale of of the program. So um, yeah, sounds like you've got a very good solution there.
1: Uh, It is, but I I think in one of our previous conversations, I've also mentioned to you that we are looking to... uh, um, move ahead with what our vision from a company perspective is at a 2025 sort of time frame. Okay. Um, so in that, what we've done is uh, we're looking to try and do as much as we can in-house because it allows us to turn things around much quicker, as well as respond to what a customer is looking for uh, literally within 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 seconds. Wow. Uh, so from that perspective, we've, uh, we've started this process where uh, we, we've evaluated Microsoft and we've evaluated Adobe. And that's what we're trying to go out and launch.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, in fact, Project Kickoff is as, is as recent as next week. And mm-hmm. hopefully in about six or eight months, we should go live with this.
0: My goodness! So I will have to put you on my follow up list to uh, have a second podcast interview and um, to basically see how that whole went because uh, it is a big undertaking and uh, certainly coming from from your experience, it's going to be very exciting. But uh, to have that level of responsiveness and personalization within seconds, I think that's a, that's a huge vision. And um, so, yeah, very impressive to hear. Um, I'd love to just chat then, Sanjeev, about uh, your communication. You. Already mentioned SMS. Um, do you use any other form of communication? Um, emails, for example, or or is it purely SMS based? Given that, uh, as you said, you don't have an app in place just yet.
1: Uh, we do. We do emails as well, but uh, the amount of emails we do are almost insignificant compared to the amount of SMSs that we do. Okay. Um, there is there is this entire question about whether SMSs are uh, as effective, but to uh, but we do believe that they are because the minute we send out a campaign which has, you know, some sort of incentive. And I'm not joking about this, but you literally see lines build up at stores.
0: Wow. <laughs> uh,
1: we've not seen that sort of response with emails, which is why uh, we uh, the number of emails are probably 5% of the overall communication that we do. Now, okay. yes, SMSs are far more expensive than emails. Uh, less... Uh, less engaging. Also, people, SMS has now become a blind spot. Almost all of us, the minute we get an SMS, we just swipe, swipe it off our screen. Yeah. Um, but we believe that the kind of brand we are and the kind of people that we attract, uh, especially in tier two, three, four, five cities, I think those people are sort of hooked on to messaging. And what we're trying to do right now is actually get messaging out in local language. Uh, okay. So hopefully that will help drive conversion for us.
0: Okay. And, and messaging, you mean SMS messaging, so sticking with... That's right. Format. Okay. Yes, that's right. Okay, so because as as um, you know, various markets around the world are obviously evolving on you know various app based messaging platforms. It'll be amazing to see you know whether we can start doing this kind of thing on WhatsApp or WeChat or you know. So um, yeah, certainly uh, in our follow up interview, we'll definitely uh, I'll be keen to hear more about that piece as well. Um, so just uh, a few final uh, questions. I think then Sanjeev. Um, I suppose I wanted to ask about challenges. What do you find uh, maybe keeps you awake at night? Um, is it internal problems or external challenges? What do you think you spend the most time trying to trying to fix?
1: Um, so I think I think the issues we have right now uh, revolve around uh, data consistency and data quality. And by that, what I mean is that. Uh, now, picture a store, right? Now, in that store, uh, let's assume that there are four or five customers who walk in. Mm-hmm. Now, when the customer walks up to the billing counter, mm-hmm. that, is the, that, is, that is the time when he mentions his mobile number mm-hmm. as part of his loyalty program. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time, what happens is, is that, let's say that his email ID has not been captured. Okay. Now, what, what tends to happen is that uh, we Indians tend to have slightly complex names. Uh, which can be which can be spelled in a multitude of ways Now when the yeah. when the store manager is actually capturing his email id, there is a chance that he captures an incorrect spelling or an incorrect domain
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: so the lack of an email id uh, reduces my ability to communicate to him via email as well as target him on social media. Mm. Uh, so that that is one problem we've been trying to solve Uh, in a lot of instances we even have incorrect names now if i send an sms to a customer with an incorrect name that's going to be terrible customer experience so we don't want to do that so we constantly try and revalidate that from a customer perspective Mm -hmm. but again response to those campaigns aren't great so there is so much only so much accurate data that we've got so okay. that is one constant challenge that we're trying to that that we've been trying to face, which is how do we get accurate customer data? Mm.
0: Um,
1: the other thing that we've been trying to do is um, now the data that we have is purely transactional. We are only aware of what the customers buying and the attributes of that product. Mm-hmm. We have no idea what the customers buying from competition, whether his needs from competition are exactly the same or any, or any different from what he buys from us. Mm-hmm. Uh, And apart from competition, what is general likes and dislikes are for us to be able to communicate more effectively to him, or for that matter, even offer him an incentive that is relevant to him. Mm. Uh, So like I mentioned earlier, we're working with a bunch of startups in that space uh, with whom we're, who promised to to be able to help augment customer data Mm. uh, that will help us drive relevant campaigns. So that is something that we've been actively trying to do over the last few months. Mm in fact another thing yeah, since you sorry
0: yeah go on yeah no tell me
1: so since you mentioned whatsapp we actually have a whatsapp imp- implementation in place right now and hopefully <laughs> we'll go live by the end of the month brilliant but yeah but uh, whatsapp right now is purely transactional it doesn't allow any promotional messages on the platform okay uh, yeah. so the use cases that we have for it are, you know basically eng- engaging with the customer allowing him to access his point balance Uh, you know, a store locator, an electronic bill facility Mm. um, and things like that. So anything that's transactional, uh, feedback about his experience at our stores. So we actually have a system by which uh, right after he makes a transaction with us, he sent communication via SMS Mm. and he's asked to rate us on a bunch of parameters. Mm. So that communication, while it goes out on SMS right now, will go out on WhatsApp by the end of the month.
0: Fantastic. And I think I mentioned WhatsApp because I I guessed that uh, given how progressive you are, that that was definitely going to be on your radar. So super exciting to hear about that. and actually, just on the point, I, I also like what you mentioned, Sanjeev, about knowing you know where the customer is shopping when they're not shopping with you. And um, in the show notes, I'm going to just post a link to an article I wrote in a completely different sector, but it was Domino's in the United States. And their Super Bowl campaign this year, I thought was phenomenal from a loyalty perspective because what they, they did was they they rewarded any uh, pictures of pizza that um, customers submitted. Um, so they used artificial intelligence intelligence. But it didn't matter whether you baked the pizza at home yourself or you went to a competitor. If you were eating pizza on the Super Bowl day and uh, told Domino's about it, you would get uh, rewards. So they were almost self-identifying as potential customers interested in pizza. And it's just, I think, a really relevant idea in terms of you understanding, you know, how can we understand where else people are shopping in terms of their menswear? So I'll certainly put that in the show notes for, for you to have a read of.
1: So we've got something like that in the works right now, but like you said, that's conversation for a that's conversation for a follow up chat.
0: Fantastic, wonderful. Okay, so um, just the the last few then, um, I'd love to just ask about the loyalty magazine award. Um, you got that? I think it was uh, last year. Um, I was certainly at the conference, so um, I think it might have been the first time you guys even entered the award. So tell us, do you um, you know do do you work with awards at all, or was this your your first time?
1: Uh, so we've engaged with a lot of Indian awards in the past. Uh, that was inst- that was honestly one of our first ever entries internationally. and we were honestly quite uh, surprised and pleased to have won that at that stage. Okay. Yeah, um, we we haven't we haven't done much internationally since however, the agenda this year is to do a lot more. Uh, but in the Indian context, yes, we uh, we do we do uh, submit our entries to a lot of lot of these juries, and we have won a significant number of awards in the last couple of years.
0: Amazing! Yeah, I'm a big fan of POr. So, anything we can do to build our own reputation, even internally, I think is uh, super important. And we don't always make the time for it. So, uh, so I'm certainly pleased to hear about that. Um, so tell me, Sanjeev, any, um, I suppose, trends in multi-marketing that you're um, thinking we should also talk a little bit more about or have we covered them all off with the various, um, you know, experiences and WhatsApp and, and, and all of the things we've talked about? Is there anything else that we should be thinking about?
1: Uh, at least from a Raymond perspective, I think what we're trying to do is uh, we're trying to be uh, just... Uh, just Present in wherever a customer is looking for us, uh, which is why I mentioned the whole digital bit, uh, the whole social bit. Um, we, we've seen a lot of we've seen a lot of search at least in India in the tier one cities uh, move to uh, move online, um, which is why we want to be there and we haven't we haven't done a great job of it. So we're trying to change that for us mm-hmm. uh, and to to be able to be present in channels where a customer is willing to give you some sort of space. Uh, why we'd like to be do- like to be doing a lot of communication on WhatsApp of our campaigns. We realize that it's going to be much more intrusive than an SMS, which is why we don't want to do it right now. Mm. Um, which is why we're happy to stay with just transaction. Mm. However, when WhatsApp allows us the ability to do that, we do intend to do it. However, we don't intend to go overboard with it. Yeah, um, because it it doesn't take much for a customer to block you today. For
0: sure. Uh,
1: so we don't want we don't want that to happen. Uh, we want to engage. We want to be present when he's looking for us. We don't want to be too intrusive. So that's sort of what's governing our channel as well as uh, spend preference.
0: Yeah, and I think that point is lovely. Actually, Sanjeev, it is around integrity and being welcome. Um, and, you know, I've often mentioned my favorite loyalty marketeer, Seth Godin. You know, he talks about permission marketing. So, you know, spam, I think, is a very old-fashioned and dated uh, mindset. So, yeah, very important to, uh, to make sure that you're welcome. And with beautiful products like yours, like I can absolutely imagine that I would want to see the beautiful visuals coming in. But again, absolutely with sensitivity around, you know, we're all busy people, so. So I don't want it every day from you. So, um, so really, really important to get that right in terms of the frequency. Um, and then just in terms of loyalty resources, Sanjeev, do you have any um, that you use either, you know, in the Indian market or any, you know, international resources that you follow that you can recommend for listeners?
1: Uh, so again, in the Indian context, like I said, we don't have too many of these resources. The one I tend to read up a lot of is uh, Forbes. Actually, has a section which talks about uh, loyalty. I think that happens every Friday, so I read that. Uh, the agency we work with puts out puts out some information uh, on a quarterly basis, uh, okay. and they because they work with a bunch of clients in the Indian context, it sort of gives you a view of uh, of the pro- of loyalty across industries. Okay. Uh, So that's helpful, Mm. and uh, we then get a lot of information from uh, Adobe and Microsoft, which I mentioned because because of the other guys we work with currently. So Mm. lately we've been getting a significant amount of information globally as well as domestically from them.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. And as we finish up, is there anything else that we haven't covered that you'd like to add?
1: Um, no, I think we've got it all.
0: (laughs) We've done amazing. Um, And, you know, I suppose then just if people do want to follow up directly with you, um, I know you're on LinkedIn as Sanjeev Nichani. Is there anywhere else that people can get in touch with you or is LinkedIn your preferred communication?
1: LinkedIn is preferred, yes
0: wonderful wonderful well listen Sanjeev I think we have covered so much more than I even hoped um it's been an extraordinary conversation I really want to thank you for your time for your expertise um and really for your contribution to our industry because I think it's only when people are are really delivering results like you are that we can all kind of go and, and really be proud of the work that we achieve and um, so thanks a million and best of luck with Raymond Rewards going forward
1: thank you so much Paula again thank you for having me